Hello everyone and welcome to JTalk Extra Time, all of the latest J2 and J3 news coming your way as usual uh, and it's a packed show this week. Uh, I'm John Steele, hosting part one. I'll run you through some of the uh, J2 uh, results and talking points from round 18 last weekend. In part two, James Taylor has the rest of the weekend action. In part three, James and I got together to talk about some of the uh, the J2 talking points and kind of uh, catch up on the latest uh, goings on. And then to finish uh, in uh, part four, it's J Talk Short Corner. Magic Mike Innes has all the J3 news for you, uh, as usual, in that section. So without further ado, let's talk about some uh, some of the games that have been taking place over the last few days. Before we talk about J2, though, a quick note on the Levan Cup, which reached the group stage, a fifth round uh, last midweek. And uh, yeah, our two J2 sides uh, both did well uh, in the group stage games last uh, midweek. They might already be eliminated, but Jubilo Iwata got a morale-boosting 2-0 win away at Tosu. Fabian Gonzalez hit the crossbar with a header early on for the J2 side, but that was Tosu's only warning, as in the 32nd minute, Gonzalez headed in a deep cross from Takaki Harigaya to give Iwata a 1-0 lead at half-time. In the second half, Tosu nearly equalised when a cross from Ryonosuke Kabayama grazed the face of the Iwata crossbar, but Iwata secured their win with a second goal in the 76th minute, Shota Kanako stooping to head in a near post cross from Mahiro Yoshinaga. So uh, the final score was Tosu nil, Iwata 2. As mentioned, uh, Iwata have no mathematical chance of reaching the knockout stage, but they've been in good form in J2 recently, so they'll be delighted to, uh, to win this game uh, as well. The other J2 side in Levan Cup action last midweek, Shimizu, are still in with a good chance of reaching the knockout round after an exciting 3-2 home win over Shonan. In this game, Shimizu were 2-0 up at the interval after goals from Takaru Kishimoto and Benjamin Kololi. Both of these goals came when the Shonan goalkeeper Song Bumgun could only parry headers from Akira Disaro and Akira Ibayashi respectively, and then Kishimoto and Kololi snaffled up the loose balls to score. But in the second half, two quick-fire goals from Shonan pulled things back to 2-2. In the 64th minute, Akito Suzuki reduced the deficit with a snapshot from the edge of the penalty area. Good finish from him. And just three minutes later, the game was tied. A bad mistake from Sen Takagi out on the Shimizu left allowed Suzuki to cross the ball low into the penalty area. And the ball just kind of bounced off the waiting Taiyo Hiraoka and went over the line to make it 2-2. But then with 9 minutes to go, Shimizu won it when a free kick caused chaos in the Shonan penalty area and eventually Oh Sehun got the ball to the far post for Thiago Santana who was on as a substitute to tap in and make the final score Shimizu 3, Shonan 2. So if Shimizu can beat Urawa at home in their final group stage game in mid-June they will go through to the Levan Cup knockout stage as group winners so we'll, we'll keep a close eye on that final round of group stage games. Uh, later in June. Okay, let's move on and look at some of the J2 action from last weekend, uh, round 18 of the second tier season, and uh, JIT Recycling Stadium. Well, Kofu's season is getting better and better, and Omiya's is going from bad to worse. The final score here was Kofu 5, Omiya 1. Kofu were ahead in just the 8th minute here when Getulio's cross was cushioned across the penalty area by an unmarked Peter Utaka for the unmarked Kosuke Taketomi to tap in at close range. Uh, unmarked being uh, the key theme for Omiya's defending in this game. So uh, Kofu 1-0 up at half-time. 
and right at the start of the second half, it was 2-0. Ormia survived a goal-mouth scramble with their goalkeeper, Kasahara, making a great save from Utaka at point-blank range, and an Ormia defender did well to clear the ball off the line, but when the ball reached the edge of the penalty area, it was picked up by Hidehiro Sugai, who unleashed an inch-perfect curler into the top left-hand corner of Kasahara's net for 2-0. Ormia were given some hope when they pulled a goal back on the hour, Takamitsu Tomiyama heading in a left-wing cross from Jin Izumisawa, but Kofu then blew the squirrels away with three goals in the final 17 minutes, and Omiya handed Kofu their third and fourth goals on a silver platter. For the third goal in the 73rd minute, Omiya centre-back Ryo Shinzato let Peter Utaka take the ball from him on the halfway line and go clean through. Utaka's initial shot came back off the post, but he was able to acrobatically volley the rebound into an empty net for 3-1. Omiya's backline then contrived to set up a fourth goal for Kofu. This time, Rikia Motegi passed straight to Utaka, who breezed past Shinzato, who, to be honest, didn't look that bothered, and thrashed the ball past Kasahara. So it was 4-1 to Kofu in the 77th minute. Then with two minutes of the 90 remaining, Kazushi Mitsuhira twisted on the edge of the Omiya penalty area and dropped a curling shot right into Kasahara's top corner to make the final score Kofu 5 Omiya won three straight wins for Kofu, who are up to third place in the table, a point behind their second place Tokyo Verdi. Omiya are two points adrift at the bottom, and even though they played well in patches going forward here, they were just uh, simply terrible uh, at the back. Kofu 5, Omiya 1, the uh, full-time score. At Transcosmos Stadium, there were three goals in the last 19 minutes, including a 96-minute winner in a pulsating match. The final score was Nagasaki 2, Iwata 1. Chances flowed pretty much from kickoff in this game. Iwata striker Kotaro Fujikawa headed a bit too close to Nagasaki keeper Go Hatano inside the first 90 seconds. And then at the other end, Edgar Junio robbed Yasuhito Endo, who was the last man uh, at the back for Iwata at the time. And then uh, Edgar Junio slammed a 20-yard shot off the underside of the crossbar, but the ball didn't uh, cross the line. So uh, chances are plenty early on. In the second half, Iwata hit the crossbar with a thumping, deflected 25-yard effort from Dudu, uh, but I think there was an offside on that deflection, so the goal would have been disallowed if the ball had gone in. In the 71st minute, Nagasaki eventually took the lead with a brilliant goal from Shunya Yoneda. The ball was chipped forward by Yuya Kuwasaki, and Yoneda's brilliant first touch took his marker, Yuto Suzuki, out of the game completely and Yonina then advanced to the edge of the penalty area and slipped the ball past Ryuki Mura in the Iwata goal for Nagasaki 1, Iwata 0. Five minutes later though, Iwata were level after a mix-up in the Nagasaki defence. Asahi Masayama, the right-back, rolled the ball to his goalkeeper Hatano, but it was a bit of a hospital pass. It was uh, too close to the onrushing Iwata striker Ryo Germain, and he slid in to block um, what I think was a pretty half-hearted attempt at clearing the ball from Hatano. He didn't didn't want to get injured uh, in the tackle, but uh, Germain slid in uh, and blocked the clearance, and the ball trundled into the back of the net for 1-1. It seemed like the game was going to stay that way, but in the 96th minute, Masayama's deep cross was headed back across goal by Ken Tokura. Jermaine took a fresh air shot when he was trying to clear, and Yoneda was able to stab the ball into the roof of the net from about six yards for Nagasaki's winner. So the full-time score in a very entertaining game was Nagasaki 2, Iwata 1. Nagasaki's first win in six games, and this moves them back into fourth place, one behind third-placed Kofu. Iwata are four points and four places behind Nagasaki in eighth, 
but this was a first defeat in six games for them. They've been in good form over the last month or so. Vigalta Sendai picked up their third win in fourth games to move into ninth place in the table. They won 2-1 at home against Jeff Chiba on a Sunday last weekend. Jeff handed Sendai the lead in the 20th minute here when goalkeeper Shota Arai, usually so reliable, passed the ball straight out to Sendai's Ryoma Kida and he fed Motohiko Nakajima who scored with a low shot into Arai's bottom right-hand corner from just inside the penalty box. And then it was 2-0 to the home side in the 33rd minute. A speedy counter-attack sent Takumi Masse racing down the right wing and his low cross was converted by Hiromu Kamada from about 14 yards. Five minutes after that though, Jeff pulled a goal back in fine style thanks to a direct free kick out wide on their left. With everyone in the Sendai defence, including the goalkeeper, expecting a shot, Masaru Hidaka sent an inch-perfect low drive into the back of the net at uh, Akihiro Hayashi's near post. So it was 2-1 to Sendai at half-time. Very end-to-end stuff in the second half, uh, and Sendai could have extended their lead through Hirato Yamada, but he uh, blazed his chance over the crossbar. Uh, Late on, Jeff goalkeeper Arai went some way to redeeming himself with a fine low save from Kida as uh, Sendai looked to add a, a crucial third goal but uh, two goals was enough, and it finished Sendai 2, Jeff Chiba 1. Uh, Sendai just a point outside the top six now, in ninth, as mentioned. Uh, Jeff a four points further back, there in 14th. Up in Tohoku, on a pretty waterlogged pitch uh, at Soyu Stadium, Akita threw the kitchen sink at their visitors Oita, uh, who should be quite happy with the point. This game eventually finished Akita nil, Oita nil. In the first half, a fierce effort from the impressive Yukihito Kajia just clipped the Oita crossbar as Akita tried to go in front, and the visiting keeper, Konosuke Nishikawa, uh, was called upon to make a good save in each half as well. Oita could have snatched a win late on that they, they didn't really deserve. Their substitute, Shinya Utsumoto, blazed over the bar from about six yards. But um, yeah, I think Akita probably did enough to win this game, but it finished uh, Akita nil, Oita nil. Oita haven't won in any of their last four matches and they're now fifth in the table uh, with a goal difference of uh, zero, although as mentioned I think this was a good point for them on the balance of play. Akita are comfortably at mid-table, they're in 11th. At the Kanseki Stadium on Sunday there were some bizarre goals and a red card, Uh, this game had pretty much everything, as Okayama lost for only the second time all season. The final score here was Tochigi 2, Okayama 1. For Okayama, quite a lot of the damage was self-inflicted here, especially the opening goal. Close to the halfway line, Okayama right back, Yoshitake Suzuki, played the ball back first time to his goalkeeper, Daiki Hota. Uh, So far, so good, except Hota was way out of his goal and Suzuki didn't realise that. The goalkeeper wasn't expecting the pass and the ball ended up uh, bounding into the net for a quite incredible own goal 10 minutes before half-time. We're talking Takayawada for Yokohama FC levels of uh, yeah madness here. So, um, Tochigi in front, thanks to that own goal at the break. But Okayama drew level 10 minutes into the second half. Another unusual goal. An in-swinging cross from Ryo Takahashi from the Okayama left was clearly meant for Solomon Sakuragawa uh, in the penalty area. But the ball evaded everybody, including the goalkeeper, and ended up uh, nestling in the side netting at the far post to make it Tochigi 1, Okayama 1. Midway through the second half, some more dodgy defending allowed Tochigi to score what proved to be the winner. Okayama centre-back Yasutaka Yanagi, of course a former uh, very popular Tochigi player, allowed a long goal kick from Kazuki Fujita, Tochigi keeper, to run all the way through into the Okayama penalty area. 
I think Yanagi thought his goalkeeper Hota was going to come out to collect the ball, but Hota uh, didn't didn't get the memo, didn't read the script, and he he stayed at home, and that left Rio Nemato, Tochigi striker, clean through. He was able to clip the ball over Hota and into the back of the net for Tochigi two, Okayama one, and uh, an uncharacteristically bad day at the office for Okayama got a little bit worse. Ten minutes from full time, as Yordi Bice was sent off for picking up a second yellow card. He lost possession on the edge of the Tochigi penalty area as Okayama pressed for an equaliser, and then he cynically tripped his Tochigi opponent to prevent the home side uh, having a counter-attack. So, Tochigi 2, Okayama 1, a uh, full-time great win for Tochigi, a first in five games for them. Uh, they're up to 17th in the table after that. Uh, for Okayama, yeah, only a second defeat of the season, uh, but it drops them down slightly in the table to 10th. Okay, I think that's uh, pretty much half of the Weekend J2 games rounded up, so uh, that's all from me for the moment. Please stay tuned. In a moment, you're going to hear from James Taylor. Uh, He has the rest of the uh, J2 round 18 action for you. Thanks, John. James Taylor here to round up the rest of the weekend's games, starting with a routine 3-0 win for Shimizu Espulse over Dwegen Kanazawa. Carlinhos Jr. opened the scoring in this glorified attack versus defence training session, with a right-footed shot from just outside the area on 33 minutes. It was 2-0 just before half-time, as Yuta Kamiya scored a rebound from the edge of the area after Takashi Inui hit the post. Oh Sehun added the final touch to what was a foregone conclusion by the 79th minute, seizing a loose ball to go in one-on-one and slot past Yuto Shirai for 3-0. Shimizu up to 6th, Kanazawa down to 18th with one win in 8 and only 3 points clear of relegation. Tokushima Vortis stunned leaders Machida Zelvia as they came from a goal down to win 2-1. Eric put Machida in front in the 43rd minute, finding space on the edge of the area and evading Ryoga Ishio to score past Jose Aurelio Suarez. But Yu Hirakawa's second yellow midway through the second half opened the door for Tokushima, who equalised with a well-worked goal of their own. Yoichiro Kakitani finding Eiji Shirai in space in the area, and he in turn squaring to Kaito Mori to score. The turnaround was complete in the 80th minute when Kakitani flicked in from a short corner routine, condemning Machida to just their third defeat of the season. They're still six points clear though, because second place Tokyo Verdi missed the opportunity to significantly close the gap. They could only draw 0-0 with lowly Iwaki FC, and they had goalkeeper Matias to thank for the point. He saved Ryo Arita's 68th minute penalty after Renkato tripped Rikusaga. Zaspaksad's Gumma remained 7th after a goalless draw with 13th place Fujieda Mai FC. Several excellent saves from Gumma's Masatoshi Kushibiki and Fujieda's Tomoki Ueda, plus one goal line clearance from a defender of each team, meant the points were shared here. Monterio Yamagata scored three second half goals to see off their hosts, Roasso Kumamoto, who will be without top scorer striker Daichi Ishikawa due to long term injury. Thiago Alves got the first goal three minutes after the break making a defender look foolish before deftly chipping over keeper Ryuga Tashiro from inside the area. Yamagata's second came in the 83rd minute, a Hiroki Noda header that Tashiro completely misjudged and flapped nowhere near. The third goal was Rui Yokoyama running onto a long pass, evading Tashiro and slotting in from a tight angle. That's three wins in a row for Yamagata and four from their last five. Kumamoto had plenty of chances in this game but couldn't take any of them. They're 12th now. And finally, the big game near the bottom of the table between Mito Hollyhock and Renault for Yamaguchi ended 1-0 to the visitors, a result that sees them move above Mito into 19th, one point ahead. The goal came just after the hour mark, a penalty for handball scored by Toshia Tanaka 
Yamaguchi's first real chance of the game. Mito are left to rue their wasteful finishing. 12 shots, but only 5 on target, and some excellent saves from the recalled Kentaro Seki. That's it for the J2 Roundup. Next, you'll hear me chatting to John. Welcome back, everyone. John and James are together again to talk about some of the big, uh, well, talking points from the, the J2 weekend from round 18. James, how are you doing? I'm all right, thanks, John. I'm all wound up and ready to talk about Olmia's defence. How are you? Yes, yes, all, 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 all good. Yes, similar, similarly wound up. I think we've talked for 54 minutes before pressing record, James, which is possibly an unwanted record. So apologies, apologies for that. <laughs> but let's uh, let's make up for lost time uh, now. Um, you've mentioned Olmia, so uh, yeah, sadly for all of our uh, squirrel supporting uh, listeners, we better start with them uh, from the weekend. Kofu five. Omiya won, obviously Kofu's season uh, going from strength to strength and Omiya's from bad to worse. Um, sometimes the scoreline tells the whole story, doesn't it, James? But, but, but what did you want to, uh, what did you notice about this game? Kofu 5, Omiya 1. <laughs> I noticed quite a lot, but I'm not sure any of it's particularly new. And uh, I feel, I don't know if we're contractually obliged, but I feel the urge to, to put the, the, the word long suffering in front of the phrase Omian supporters because uh yeah this was another bad day for them i'm getting very strong matsumoto 2021 vibes about Omia this year just seems like something and then i know they've been bad for the last couple of years but it seems like something has gone even further amiss this year um this this was really awful defending against a team that, for all its attacking talent, hasn't actually been a particularly high-scoring team, Kofu. Most of their wins have come by a goal, or they, they, they haven't really generally scored more than two in a match, for the most part. So to concede five, it tells you quite a lot about Ormia's defence, I think. And I've got to give some, some credit. Uh, two, of, two of the goals were excellent goals. Like really well taken strikes, but three of them were due to poor Olmia defending. And the first one, there's one defender allowed Peter Utaka to peel off at the back post, and he was able to uh, to knock the ball back across goal. But the defender in the centre was too slow to follow Takitomi, who who had a tap in. And then for the third and fourth goals, like surely by now. Everyone should know that you can't give Peter Utaka even half a yard, and he will punish you. So giving him 35 yards or 40 yards twice is insanity. Like for the, the, the third one, I, I don't know what happened to, to Ryo Shinzato. It's like his legs just turned to jelly and he sat down. It's really it's ridiculous. It just looks so, so stupid. And, uh, yeah, to, to, to kind of add insult to injury, like the ball came back off the post, but it came straight back to Utaka, who, who scored his own rebound. Uh, it's the kind of stuff that happens to you when you're in the kind of run of form that Olmia are in. And then the, the fourth one, part of our 54 minutes was, was you complaining about the Olmia defending for the fourth goal where the guy just passed it to Utaka and stopped. <laughs> Uh, I shouldn't be laughing because I know that this is—it's not funny for all my supporters, but it's just it's ridiculous. But the other two goals, 
uh, Sugai's goal was actually I think it was kind of unfortunate for Omiya because it was a really good goal line clearance, but unfortunately it only like postponed conceding a goal by five seconds because Sugai had a really good shot from the edge of the area and Mitsuhira as well a really good goal from him. The thing about Ormia though is that they actually looked all right for parts of this game. At the start, they were really good. They had an early chance. They could have gone one nil up. But then they also looked good after going two nil down when um, Jin Izumisawa came off the bench at half time. He set up the goal, and at two one, Ormia looked all right. But the problem is, if you're only going to play when you're two nil down, and your team hasn't scored more than one goal in a game for nearly two months, then you're not exactly giving yourself the chance to win or even draw. Mm. And, and I know that the part of the reason for Omiya not scoring is because Angelotti was injured for a while and Sia Nakano was injured for a while. They're, those guys are back now. Tommy Asa seems to be taking uh, responsibility. Is it Tommy Asa? Yeah, Tommy Yama. Tomiyama, that's it, not Tommy. Yeah, Tomiyama. He seems to be taking responsibility. He scored a good header. They could we do with they, they could do with yeah. Tommy Asu at the back, though, James. <laughs> they could, yeah. Um, I don't think they would be able to to get him, even if they do have their rumored massive budget. Um, I, I just say to him, do, I, I just say to him, would you like a challenge? Would you like to really test yourself? None of the guys in the back line with you give a shit. <laughs> I mean, like they're just collectively in attack, they're not producing enough. But they look like they could produce more, and especially now those guys are back from injury. But they've just been completely let down horrifically by the defending. Mm. And um, for Kofu, I, I don't really have much to say about them. They're looking really good. They're up in thirds. This was just a, a walk in the park for them, wasn't it? Yeah, I think that's right. Unfortunately, it's uh, it's sort of more fun to uh, to kind of go after the team that's had a heavy beating, isn't it, than praise <laughs> praise the team that's that, that scored a lot of goals. You, you're right to say that the goal from uh, uh, Sugai was absolutely brilliant because um, most players would just smash that kind of back into the danger zone, wouldn't they? And hope for a deflection mm-hmm. or rebound. He he sort of took aim and curled it right into the top corner. That was brilliant. Also, a Getulio, I think he was making his first start, wasn't he? Mm-hmm. Um, kind of in the wide left position. So that to me. Um, felt like a sort of B team move because he hasn't played much, but he uh, mm-hmm. he was involved in the first goal. He did really well. Utaka, obviously, um, we kind of mentioned at the start of the season that can he stay fit, and the answer seems mm-hmm. to be a resounding uh, yes. I mean, he, um, it, you know, for that fourth goal, if if you said which one of these is thirty eight years old, Utaka or Shinzato, I mean, Utaka <laughs> just just sent him to the shops, didn't he? He <laughs> just just breezed past him like it was absolutely. Uh, you know, when my son was about four years old, I used to take the ball past him like that um, in the yeah. park. So, yeah, that was a brilliant Futeka, but I, I would be um, just shrinking with embarrassment if I was an Ormia defender, you know, watching that back. Um, so, see, I'm back on I'm back on criticising Ormia straight away, James, even though I tried to try to be nice about Kofu in the first inning. But, yeah, <laughs> I, I think for Kofu, you know, the, the sky's the limit. You've mentioned they've had a lot of these kind of 1-0 wins at home, mm. which leads you to believe that they've been kind of Perhaps a bit fortunate to be right up there, but they they've slowly just kind of sort of chipped away at it, haven't they? They've they've risen up the lead to third, and um, playing like the, the way they did at the weekend, it's uh, it's quite easy to imagine them sticking around in that top six 
um, in some form for, for the rest of the season. Um, I felt in this game that this felt like a classic match where there, there was a division gap between the teams. Mm. Um, it remains to be seen whether that means Kofa are a J1 level team this season and Omi are a very poor J2 one. I am leaning towards thinking that Kofa are a pretty good J2 team and Omi are a, a J3 one. Um, yeah. Based on what I saw at the weekend, but we'll 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 uh, we'll, we'll wait and see. Um, I think that's enough misery for, for all my listeners, James, for this week. So we'll we'll move on if that's okay. O- only to just mention very quickly, uh, it's been announced this week that for the Asian Champions League group stage, or, or you know the Asian Champions League full stop this season, Kofu are going to play their home games at Kokuritsu Kyogijo in uh, mm-hmm. in Tokyo. Uh, rather than the JIT Recycling Stadium. I believe that Kofu's regular stadium doesn't have the right number of seats um, with a with a back. Uh, I think you need to have 5,000 seats that have a back on them. Am I using the right word? Seats, seat back, back of a seat? That's right, isn't it? Yeah, yeah so they, they can't play at JIT Re- Recycling Stadium, so they're going to play at Kokoritsu Kyogujo instead. Um, I'm sure there's a joke in there about sort of back support or backbone with Omiya that I can't quite, can't quite get. Uh, get that joke uh, ready, so we will yeah, leave it's it. It's all right. You've, you've done like the, the 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 groundwork, and the listeners can figure yeah, it out. Yeah, that's right. That's right. It's inter- an interactive pod uh, nowadays. Yeah, uh, yeah. Like choose your own adventure. Yeah, yeah. It also, I think, goes some way to the you know achieving the JFA's goal of having all J League teams play games at Cockroach Kogijo at some point. So I'm sure Kanazawa Kanaz- mm. having a home game there is only a matter of matter of time, I think. But it will. Uh, we, yeah, we'll talk more about that as the the Champions League gets closer. I mm. think. Um, let's move on, uh, James. Let's talk about Tokushima 2, Machida 1 from the weekend. You mentioned in the green room you had a lot to say about this game. Um, it looked like it was going to be plain sailing for the leaders, didn't it? As they were 1-0 up at half-time after that goal from uh, Eric. But then, uh, just on the hour mark, uh, Yu Hirakawa got a silly uh, second yellow card and got sent off. And then when it was uh, Tokushima's 11 men against Machida's 10, the, the pendulum swung, didn't it? And it was the uh, the Yoichiro Kakitani show uh, as he uh, he sort of uh, flicked the ball uh, in a move that led to Kaito Mori make, making it 1-1. And then in the 80th minute, uh, Kakitani just about got the last touch to a ball that was fizzed uh, across the face of goal and into the penalty area. So a great win for Tokushima, 2-1 over the leaders, Machida. Uh, what, what did you make of this one, James? Yeah, I hadn't realised until uh, a little while ago that uh, I mean, and I mean like today, um, that Tokushima are the first team to score more than a goal against Machida this season. And uh, a few weeks ago, that we we would not have expected that. We're not expecting Tokushima to be the first team to do that. But um, they they kind of found they found their form, haven't they? After that really awful start, and it, thanks. Partly thanks to Mori and Kakitani scoring goals, which is partly thanks to me doing the old patented J-Talk reverse jinx that uh, Ben and Sam do so well on Big Pod as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, Mori, Mori and Kakitani, they got five and six goals out of the team's 19. So I'm kind of worried about who else is, who else is going to score for, for Tokushima, but at the moment they're doing okay. Um, I have been very impressed by Yu Hirakawa this year, but he completely deserved both of those yellow cards that he got. They were really kind of rough, clumsy tackles. And um, yeah, that 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 um, kind of left left Machida with 
well, it, it, it obviously it gave Tokushima an advantage, and they and they took it. What I thought was interesting was both teams' first goals were were really um, well worked. Machida's first goal is really clever play to create the gap because Machida had the ball out on the left, wide on the touchline, and Tokushima, I think, generally were playing with three three centre backs, and the one who's usually in the centre, Ryoga Ishio, had moved over to the right to cover because that's where the ball was. And there were a couple of midfielders f- like filling in as extra centre-backs. And then Shunta Araki, the Machida forward, he was forced back along the touchline by the guy who's usually at right-back, Kodai Mori. But then from what seemed like it was, he was going nowhere, he did a quick cross-field pass to find someone in space. And as the defence tried to move out and across to cover the gaps... Um, the left back had to go with the right-sided attacker and one of the midfielders who was in the back line pushed up and Ishio couldn't get back to Eric in time so Eric was able to kind of turn around him and score. I thought it was pretty clever to see how they they, they turned what looked like a lost cause or like a dead end into a, exploiting a massive gap in the centre of, the, mm. of the, the edge of the area. Mm. Mm. And uh, you mentioned for Tokushima's first goal as well. It was a really, a really good flick from from Kakitani. What what was good about that was that just before he got the ball, he was an, in sort of on on the edge of the D. Eiji Shirai was there, and Shirai just suddenly ran off into the area, and Kakitani moved forward, took a couple of steps forward into that gap, and he flicked the ball through to Shirai, bypassing. There were two defenders between them, who were both. They kind of sandwiched Kaito Mori. So the ball went past them to Shirai, who was in space. And then the defenders turned to try and catch up with him, which meant that Mori was allowed space. And so when Shirai just centred it for Mori, it was a tap-in. But it was really interesting, again, to see the, the, the movement of the the players. I, I, I'm not... I don't usually, like, notice a lot of this stuff. I just think, oh, that was a good pass. Oh, they scored a goal. <laughs> Very much the uh, on-brand... Hashtag big and basic mm. kind of says, but I, I, it was. I think from watching this, you wouldn't have guessed that Tokushima had had such a terrible start to the season because they 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 played really well for much of the game, and then obviously they they took they took their chances when they had them late on, and when they had the advantage, and it's really hard to see them slipping back down into trouble. Mm. Um, but I, what, what 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 did you think about about this game and about these teams? Mm, yeah, I kind of agree on Tokushima. I was pretty sure, sort of in March, that Ben Labayan was going to win the J two sack race mm. um, because things were going so badly wrong in that first sort of nine or ten games. But they they seem to have ridden out that storm now. And yeah, I agree with you. The way they're doing. At the moment, um, you know, four points clear of the relegation zone now in 16th. And um, I, I'm not sure. I think I gave them a bit of a rocket last week uh, after they played really poorly uh, mm-hmm. and got beaten. So I, I'm also going to take some credit for their, their revival this week. But um, yeah, they, they look like they have enough to be fairly comfortably safe. I don't, obviously, it's not the season that they had in mind. I'm sure that the, the playoffs was probably the outside kind of mission or target coming into the campaign that that doesn't look like it's going to happen this time but you, you have players like Kaki Tani um, doesn't seem like a sort of battling against relegation kind of guy and um, mm. I, I think w- when Machida went down to 10 men he sort of really I mean he played well in the whole game and he's been playing really well recently 
um, I, I think, and perhaps is almost... He's kind of on the verge of being a, a flat-track bully in J2, I think, because I think he's perhaps a bit too good. You know, mm. ability-wise, he's too good to play in J2, isn't he, I think? Um, he's in that sort of Yassi to Endo category of being sort of mm. like on the fringe, you know, should really probably be in, in J1. So, yeah, I think Tokushima are going okay. Um, I think... Um, it didn't help them straight away having Jose Aurelio Suarez back in goal after he was missed quite a lot of games injured, didn't he? Um, yeah. But it's clear that having him back does make a difference. He is one of the best, if not best, goalkeepers in the division, so that's helped mm-hmm. a lot. And um, it always helps if um, you're playing against a strong team and they have a player, a key player, stupidly sent off with 30 minutes left. So I think obviously Machida, although they've been very impressive this season, they have had a lot of things go their way as well. Um, mm. So it was interesting to see them kind of up against it and under the cosh in the last 30 minutes here. Mm. Uh, and uh, they, did, they didn't cope. They haven't had much practice of being behind this season, right? So they, yeah. it was difficult for them. Um, I also think, though, ju- just based on the fact that, you know, Tokyo Verdi didn't win their game against Iwaki, which was a bit of a surprise, even though Machida have lost and it's the first defeat in seven, they're still six points clear at the top. Um, mm. Not quite in runaway territory, and it's not not time to deliver the trophy to uh, to Nozita just yet. But um, I think it's I don't think they'll be unduly worried. Um, I think there are some mitigating circumstances behind the defeat. I think playing for ten men with half an hour um, against the Tokushima side that's sort of w- w- was on it on the day. I, I think um, I think the coach um, Go Harada is that right? That's not right. Is it go go Kuda? Sorry, yeah, go Kuda. You know, he he will take that as mitigating circumstances. And if they lose only one out of seven between now and the end of the season, they'll probably go up, won't they? So I don't think they'll be too worried. Um, yeah, Tokushima seems to be going in the right direction. Uh, finally, so yeah, good good news for them. I'll add very quickly, James, before we continue. Um, it's been announced this week that Matsuda's home game in inverted commas against Tokyo Verdi in July is going to be held at Kokuritsu Kyogijo. So yet yet mm. more Kokuritsu Kyogijo news. Uh, in the pod this week. So I, th- I believe this will be the first J2 game to be held there since the new Kokuritsu Kogijo was, was opened and read about that. Mm-hmm. They did play some J2 games at the old stadium in the past. Already announced is that Shimizu are going to have a home game there. Uh, yes, Shimizu are going to have a home game there against Jeff, but that's actually the following weekend. So match it as uh, Tokyo Classic against Tokyo Video. That'll be the first J2 game mm-hmm. at the new Kokuritsu Kojo in July, and uh, that could be a kind of top two clash, couldn't it? So that could be really interesting. Yeah. Uh, we'll uh, we'll we'll wait to see, but um, yeah, and perhaps uh, just add on, on those as well. That um, the the J League website is doing some; they're offering some free tickets for those for those games. So if anyone's uh, interested in that, the the have a have a you know go on go on the J League website and see if you can apply for those. It's like twenty thousand. Well, 10,000 10, pairs of tickets, I think they're doing. Free tickets. Mm. They, they, they think we've all got at least one friend to take with us, James, which is quite, you know, quite comforting. I'm going to yeah. put my bag on the empty seat. Yeah, that's right. That's <laughs> right. I'll take a life-size effigy of, uh, yeah, I don't know, Shion Niwa or something. But, uh, yes. Anyway, <laughs> let's, uh, let's, let's, let's keep it moving. But, um, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see. I'm curious to see what kind of attendance that game gets. Uh, and I mm. think the fact they're giving away a lot of free tickets suggests maybe... They're not overly confident of a big, uh, you know, a, a massive crowd, but we, we'll see. It's an interesting move, and uh, I'm sure, as the, you know, the the, the JFA or the the uh, the Olympic Committee desperately tries to turn a profit on that that stadium, <laughs> I think we're going to have more and more J League games being being held there. It seems or uh, high profile friendlies involving uh, European teams um, as well. 
anyway, uh, talking of high profile, James, we, we'll move on to another, uh, what I thought was a cracking game uh, at the weekend. Uh, Nagasaki 2, uh, Iwata 1. This was a nip and tuck, wasn't it? A trans-Cosmos stadium until the last 90 minutes when all three goals were scored, including a 96-minute winner uh, for Nagasaki from uh, Shunya Yonida. And that was his second goal of the game after he scored a, a very, uh, very well-taken opener with a lovely, lovely first touch to get away from his... Uh, his marker, I think it was. Uh, uh, I'm not sure. Yuto Suzuki, wasn't it? Who was who was supposed mm-hmm. to be going with it? But he was uh, he was in the shops. He was sent sent back in uh, with one lovely touch. So um, yeah, James, how, how about this game? Nagasaki two Iwata one, and Nagasaki up into fourth and uh, going uh, going well at the moment. This was their first win in six, wasn't it? So the form has been off uh, until this game, and uh, they'll be delighted to get the three points. You'd imagine. Yeah, this was really fun, and uh, like first win in six, but but they're they're still fourth, so um, that's 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 good for them. Um, yeah, this yeah, this was really fun. Both teams were really flying into tackles in this in this game. There's nothing dirty, but they clearly really committed and really up for it, which is always great to watch. Um, and I I don't have so much to say about Iwata, although I noticed that they they've not had. Keisuke Goto, because I think he's with the Japan under twenties in their World Cup, right? Mm, he'll be back next week. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. But um, which again is pretty amazing for him. He's only seventeen. He's still a high school student, and he 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 only made it into the first team properly this year, and he's he's gone off to the to the to the under twenty World Cup. That's brilliant. Um, but yeah, I, 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 Nagasaki. I thought uh, it was interesting that, that no Juanma Delgado again. He's missed three of their last four games, but I don't know why. Do you know? Do you know if there's been anything been announced, or they're just like resting him? Or oh, I don't. I don't have any data, but he must be injured. Otherwise, he'd be in the squad at least. Yeah, and I think they do miss him, obviously, because he's quite a presence, as we've talked about before. And Edgar Junior, although he's a very good striker, he hasn't quite found his groove yet this year and he hit the crossbar early in this one and but and and in previous games like against Oita and against Kanazawa it had some kind of uncharacteristic misses from him um mm. so yeah I, I I guess well it might just be that they're you know giving him more minutes because they want him to find his groove and I think yeah, he he's he's obviously he's a good striker, so I'm sure it won't be long before he starts to find the net again. Mm. And I noticed that um, Clayson been playing wide out on the left, been, been been pretty good recently, but he seems to be suffering from the same compulsion that afflicted Cristiano for a while, which is shooting from anywhere and everywhere. And it. I mean, it, it occasionally worked for for Chris. I'm thinking like Cristiano when he was at Kashiwa. Yeah, I think I think Dudu Iwata's Dudu's got a case of that as well. Yeah, and he but he, did, he scored a really good a good um, long range goal. Was it last week? week oh yeah, the the Daisy Cutter. Yeah. Um, so occasionally it pays off, but with Clayson, like thinking back to Nagasaki's win against Akita. Three, I think three of the three of their four goals came from really good crosses from from Clayson. So stop stop shooting from ridiculous positions and cross the ball. You, you know that's, that's 
just try it, see what happens. You might get another another big win. Mm. Um, the other thing I, I would say about um, Nagasaki is that I, I, I've I've been really impressed by um, Go Hatano in goal. Um, and I, I think he he wasn't. I don't think he was to blame for the for the goal in this one. I think he was hung out to dry by the that poor pass from the defender. That's so interesting because I was just about to ask you about that. But go on. Um, because the the I can't remember who it was that passed it to him, but I know that Valdo was on the edge of the area and told him to pass it to to Hatano in goal, but the defender played it a bit too far in front. So Hatano didn't have a chance to like take a touch or even to clear it, and and it was Real um, Germain, wasn't it? He he was able to get in and kind of just like toe poke mm. it in or deflect it in or something. Mm. But what I've what I've liked about Hatano this year is that um, I don't want to come across like a, a stereotypical Japanese football commentator, but he's 198 centimeters tall, and. For, Obviously, that helps when you're a goalie, but it's not everything. I mean, I've seen tall goalies who are absolutely crap and short goalies who are really, really good. But the thing I like about Hatano is that he's really authoritative. He's he's really been really good at coming to claim the ball, like claiming crosses or, or claiming you know corners or whatever, as well as um, being a very effective shot stopper. And for me, he's been one of the two most impressive goalies in J2 this year, along with Kofu's Kohei Kawata. Mm. Um, they've, they've both been really good, mm. and so yeah, I, I don't think he was to he was to blame for that for that goal. I think the defender um, made him made him look bad and put him in an impossible situation. Mm. And on Iwata, the only other thing I will say about them is that 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 effort from Leo Germain to clear <laughs> to clear the ball. For the for the winning goal, is why that he is not a defender. <laughs> we, we, we've all we've all pressed the wrong button on the PlayStation sometimes, <laughs> you know. But uh, yeah, that was unfortunate to say the yeah. least. Yeah, that's yeah. Uh, that's also how I would describe um, some of uh, Ryuga Tashiro, the Kumamoto goalies, um, play at the weekend as well. Yeah. Like press- on the controller. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Some sometimes. Well, I mean, you know, it's better than having it disconnect completely, like uh, like like poor old Rio Shinzato in the the Omiya match. But uh, yeah, I take your point about Gohatana because I completely agree with everything that you have said on him as a goalkeeper. Apart from one thing, I do think he has to share a little bit of the blame for the the goal that, that okay. Nagasaki let in, only because um, if you're the goalkeeper you can see the whole pitch from where you are standing, Mm -hmm. right? And defenders often can't. And Mm -hmm. I think it was painfully obvious that Masayama, Asahi Masayama was going to pass the ball back to him. Mm -hmm. Um, And he, his starting position was bad, I think. I think Uh he should have been switched on to the fact that that, that Asahi Masayama played the wrong pass and is culpable. Um, and Valdo shouldn't have been telling him to play the ball there, but but I think Hatano should have been a bit switched on quicker to the fact that mm. ball's going. And then I, I don't know if I might be being very harsh, and I, I, I'm I, I'm relentlessly old school, and I watch a lot of '90s football on YouTube. Okay, which crap um, '90s football? Crap '90s football. Yeah, like Hatano's like attempt to clear or challenge, like the challenge with Jermaine is like, I mean, it was really like powder puff kind of stuff like it's almost like he just doesn't want to get his leg in the way or he doesn't want to get hurt um, um okay. and i just feel like 
a crap 90s football goalkeeper like you're just going to take out the striker there and hopefully get a touch on the ball and avoid a penalty and a red card but Hatano seemed to be like oh um, I'm going to just let, have to let the striker have this um, because it, because it's a bad pass and I thought when that pass leaves Masayama's boot and it's a bad pass you're right it's too far in front of Hatano but that wasn't a nailed on goal for um, for Iwata at that point like mm. Hatano had a lot of work to do and it, yeah it might have ended up being a goal anyway but I just thought he could have done with like starting position is poor his reaction time is poor as well and then his mm. in inverted commas like challenge on Jermaine is like I mean he may as well not have been there you know <laughs> Um, so I, ju- I just think, and especially when it's five minutes after you've gone in front in a tight game, um, I-, I would have been tempted to like come. I would have been charging out and just hoofing, just c- taking everything in front of me, ball, man, you know, turf. Yeah, or, um, or, or telling Masayama to, to to belt it up the yeah, the week. Probably a good time to remind listeners that I'm not a professional goalkeeper, but. Well, we need. Um, I think Stu should get the deciding vote on this one because he's a goalie, isn't he? Where's yeah, Stu? Yeah, Stu. Well, Stu, we'll ask. We'll ask. We'll ask Stu. But I think. I think. Obviously, it's hospital. In, in my notes, I've got hospital pass from Masayama, mm. but I think Hatano just made really, really sure that he wasn't going to end up in hospital. If you get me, <laughs> um, he just really daintily sort of you know shaped his body around that tackle. I mean, it's, you talk about desire. I mean, there's only one player that really wanted that ball. Um, so I don't know. I'm very harsh on uh, defenders today for some reason, uh, James. So let's, yeah, perhaps we'll move on before I incriminate yeah, myself anymore. Omia just just riled yeah, you up. Just the red, the red, the red mist has descended here. The orange um, mist. <laughs> the orange <laughs> mist. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I think um, Iwata will feel a bit hard done done by obviously letting in a goal uh, right at the death. Uh, good cameo from uh, Ken Tokura as well. I'm normally uh, normally looking at pictures of his uh, six pack, which he posts endlessly on Twitter. So it's ni- <laughs> nice to see him actually playing some football this week and not just sort of posing in a in a gym. Uh, so. Uh, yeah, d- disappointing for Iwata, but I think they've been going well quite, you know, recently, haven't they? I mean, they're they're eighth, but they're only four points behind Nagasaki. Um, yeah. So I think they'll be pretty pleased with how things have gone uh, over the last couple of games. And for Nagasaki, perhaps this is a, they turn the corner now, and after uh, no wins in five games, they, they've 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 got a win. They snatched it at the end and played played pretty well. So this this will probably mm-hmm. give them some. Uh, something to build on for the, the games coming up. Um, James, talking of games coming up, at this point, I'd like you to help me preview the round nineteen action, if that's mm. if that's okay, coming up this weekend. So, most of the games are going to be on Saturday, June the third. I think that's with the the Emperor's Cup uh, coming up in midweek, right on Wednesday, June the seventh. So most most teams are playing on Saturday to give them sort of maximum preparation time for for the Emperor's Cup. Um, so on Saturday, June the third, there's a single game at one p.m. and it's at Iwaki against Kumamoto. So twenty first against. 12th and then uh, as usual for this time of year most of the matches are at 2 p.m so we have a uh, Yamagata against Shimizu that's 15th hosting 6th uh, Kanazawa against Gunma I'm sure you'll have a lot to say about that. that's 18th now Kanazawa mm-hmm. against Gunma who is 7th Fujieda Tochigi is 13th against 17th and a uh, yeah fourth place Nagasaki well they go away to Yamaguchi who will not have their new manager in the dugout yet Juan Schneider but uh, he'll I'm sure he'll be watching um, if he can figure out how to uh, get his laptop off the official Yamaguchi website which he seems to be stuck on uh, in that that kind of publicity pick I'm sure he'll be watching the game online so I think that's an interesting game so fourth place Nagasaki go to 19th place Yamaguchi 
There's also Omia against Mito. Twenty <laughs> second hosting twentieth. Um, that's big boy football, isn't it, James? Mm-hmm. Uh, and then at four p.m., uh, Iwata host Akita. That's eighth place hosting eleventh. Uh, we're also getting a few evening kickoffs coming in now as the uh, the, the summer season approaches. So at six p.m., uh, Jeff Chiba against Machida. So the leaders hoping to bounce back from that defeat. They uh, they go to fourteenth place. Jeff. And at seven p.m., it's Okayama Tokushima. So tenth place against 16s uh, just two games on Sunday but I actually think these are these are pretty big it's uh, both at 2pm on Sunday June the 4th Tokyo Verdi against Sendai so second place hosting ninth and it's fifth against thirds Oita host Kofu at the Resonac Dome uh, James I've run through all the fixtures there like a madman which which ones do you like the look of it's very hard to look beyond Omiya against Mito mm. You, you do like you do like your big boy football. I uh, do. I do. I am a glutton for punishment, and I will probably tune into this one. Uh, yeah, twenty second against twentieth, and yeah, Mito just lost to to Yamaguchi, who who have moved above them into nineteenth. It's a big run of fixtures for Mito actually, because uh, next week they've got. They've got Jeff, and the week after that, they're away to Kanazawa. So, I mean, they could, if they lose to Omiya and Iwaki get something from Kumamoto, then Mito could be bottom by the end of the weekend. Um, they've, they've lost the last three. They're winless in four. I know Omiya have been winless for God knows how long. I lost count now. But they showed signs of, of something. Mito in their game against Yamaguchi, they took a lot of shots, but not many on target. And the ones that were on target were were very well saved by 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 Seki in, in the Yamaguchi goal. Um, so yeah, this, this that, that's the big one, isn't it? Really, Omiya Mito, Kanazawa Gunma, of course. I've got, I've, I've got to watch that, but um, yeah, Kanazawa really need a win. It's one one win in what is it one win in nine or something now one win in eight God, something rubbish like that oh, oh yeah no. yeah <laughs> haven't scored for three games um, yeah so coming up against a good defence in uh, in Gumma is uh, yeah it doesn't fill me with much confidence but then I don't go into any kind of our game with confidence so who knows. Um, yeah, I, I agree with you. The Sunday games both look good, though. Especially Oita, Oita call for fifth against third. Like Oita, they, they three draws and a loss from the last four. And a bit of a bit of a wobble for them. For it wasn't that long ago they were up in second, just just about keeping pace with Machida. So they've, they've fallen off a bit. But yeah, and and Kofu, as we just talked about, they're going going very well. Sendai as well. They. Seem to be putting a bit of a run together. The three wins from four, it's quite good. Um, yeah. What about? Oh, and I also have to mention um, Okayama Tokushima, this year's draw specialist against last year's draw specialist. <laughs> so that'll Darth, be Darth Vader <laughs> against Luke Skywalker. <laughs> yeah. Um, I hope it's a draw. <laughs> Okayama will be missing your your favourite player, Jordi Bice, won't they? He'll be suspended. So, yes, yes. Uh, I'm not going to bother watching that one then. No. Um, 
yeah, what do you think then? Which 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 games stand out for you? No, I, I can't really uh, can't really disagree with the selections that you've made. To be honest, James, I think Omi Amito. I, I just think Omi are going to score first but lose three one. That's the, what was what what my balls are telling me. You know, somehow. Uh, I'm very curious about yeah or Oita Kofu because Oita ha- are in the kind of their, their wobble at the moment, aren't they? Uh, only mm. in fifth, and Kofu, I think, are on three straight wins and will be will be full of confidence. So I think that one has the potential to be very interesting. I think if Oita can win, it keeps them kind of uh, right on the cusp of the automatic promotion places. And if they if they don't win, then they're, they're kind of back in that kind of pack of playoff playoff hopefuls. Uh, Tokyo Verde against Sendai as well. Verde obviously failing to beat Iwaki uh, at home last round and uh, nearly losing the game right with their Mateus mm-hmm. having to save that penalty. So. Um, be interesting to see if they they have to go again and and kind of um, create a bit more. They might actually find it easier to create chances against Sendai because I think they play a bit more open open style yeah. than the Niwaki uh, will have done. So that'll be interesting. But um, yeah, I think the only other one I'll pick out is yeah Nagasaki going to Yamaguchi because um, I think this is going to be one of the last games for their Yamaguchi's caretaker manager with Wanne uh, Snyder coming in. So any any quick comment on him? I know you you were saying in our line chat you're not you'd recognise the name but not much else. Yeah, I, 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 I'm not really familiar with him, um, but you, you, well, I saw that he was at, he was at Jeff, but that was, to be honest, that was before I started paying proper attention to teams other than Kanazawa, mm-hmm. and uh, you since informed me that he's a bit of a, how, how, how can I, how can oh, I? Oh, he's quite it? highly strong, yeah, highly strong. Mm. So. Uh, yeah, hopefully, if his laptop isn't is stuck on the Yamaguchi website, he doesn't like throw it out the window or anything like that. Yeah, I suppose there's there's worse websites to be to be stuck on, I suppose. But um, yeah, I think I think the thing with uh, Juan Schneider is his his playing style is this very very high defensive line, and I'm talking very high, um, mm. like on the halfway line. And the idea is that then that there's a high press to squeeze the game in the other teams half and Jeff that obviously led to poor old uh, Yuya Sato being the kind of uh, in the Franz Beckenbauer sort of sweeper role with the uh, mm-hmm. mixed should we say mixed results I think it'd be fair to say yes. so I think it's a very interesting appointment because on the one hand the Juan Snyder has J-League experience um, mm. on the other hand it was at Jeff and it didn't go great so it's kind of a toss-up whether that's a benefit or a you know or a drawback. I think in terms of hiring him, one thing is for sure is it's, it's as different as you could get from Yoshihiro Natsuka. I think um, in mm. terms of both sort of like you know DNA, you know ethnicity, but also playing style. So it'd be fascinating to see how quickly the players can take on board um, Snyder's philosophy, or if indeed if he has the same philosophy that he had when he was at Jeff, he might have some different ideas now. Uh, or you might look at the players that he has available and decide to do something different. But I'm going to be um, fascinated to see how that how that goes. Of course, it won't be the, the new era doesn't start. I think until um, the next game or perhaps a couple of games from now. But yeah, for Yamaguchi, perhaps we'll see the players kind of appealing to the new manager, you know, and wanting to be involved. Um, mm. So it could, could lead to a, a big performance from them, even if he he's been appointed but not actually taken charge yet. But Nagasaki are very tough not to crack and I think they'll have a lot of confidence having beaten uh, having beaten Iwata last weekend. So yeah, I think that's the only other interesting one to mention. But of course, all, all the games are going to be interesting, uh, James. We, we love we love them all equally. Uh, yeah. But yes, I think Omi Amito, um, if you like sort of, um, yeah, 
real <laughs> real J two football. That's that's definitely the place <laughs> place to look. But I, I will mention these. Just hate yourself. Yeah, yeah. If you've got self esteem issues, that's the one to go for. Uh, but yeah, I think the Sunday games perhaps a bit more attractive, don't they? Overall, at Tokyo Verde against Sendai and Oita Kofu. So yeah. All right, James. Really appreciate the um, the, the 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 analysis. It's good stuff. I kept you a bit longer than expected, so apologies for that. Uh, but right. perhaps you, 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 you knew it was yeah, like, like an Omiya drubbing. You, you knew it was coming, so uh, <laughs> never mind. But um, on that note, we'll uh, yeah, we'll leave J2 here for this week, uh, I think. Thanks, as always, uh, to all our listeners, people who download the pod. Uh, and uh, if you support the JTalk podcast or JTet on, on Patreon, we, we, of course, appreciate that support uh, as well. Stay tuned, though, because in a moment, uh, after some music, uh, Magic Mike Innes is here. and He has all the J3 uh, roundup and previews for you in JTalk Short Corner. So uh, that's all from me and James. But uh, here comes Mike. JTalk Extra Time. Hello everyone and welcome to J Talk Short Corner, the mini pod that keeps you up to date with events in J3 of the J League. I'm your host Mike Innes and in this episode I'll be looking back on fixtures in round 11 of the J3 season as well as previewing the round 12 matches coming up this weekend. There were four games on Saturday the 27th of May with opportunities for both Ehime FC and Nana Club to continue their good starts to the season. Ehime were at home to strugglers Fukushima United and were evidently destined never to find the net. Ricky Matsuda continuing his barren run when he fired over went through on goal. Takumi Sasaki and Shunsuke Motegi both having shots well saved by Kaito Yamamoto. And Fukushima stole a shock win in the 34th minute when Yuta Nobe's cross bounced around the home penalty area until Hiroki Higuchi turned and sent a low shot past Shugo Tsutsuji. Final score, Ehime 0, Fukushima 1. Ehime's first defeat since the opening day sees them tumble to 6th. Fukushima have scored 7 goals in 11 league games, 4 of them in away wins against high-flying AC Nagano Parseiro and now Ehime J3, gonna J3. And there were two points dropped for Nara in their game at Kamatamari Sanuki. Nara forward Hayato Asakawa had an early goal chalked off for offside. His day would not improve. And Kamatamari took the lead in the 14th minute with their first league goal since the 2nd of April. Hayato Hasegawa finding Yuto Mori in space to score at Arnau's near post. The equaliser came within three minutes, Tatsuma Sakai chasing down homekeeper Takuya Takahashi, whose under-pressure kick ricocheted off Sakai and over the line. From there, fast forward to the final ten minutes, when Sanuki almost snatched back the lead through rookie Ryohei Torigai, who glanced Soshi Iwagishi's cross onto the post. Then, in stoppage time, Kamatamari defender Tomoya Takeshita tangled with Saw Kataoka in the penalty area and the referee pointed to the spot. Asakawa's kick was well struck, 
but Takahashi hurled himself to his right to keep it out and then clawed away the follow-up header to hold on to the draw. Final score, Sanaki 1, Nana 1. Takahashi redeeming himself for the Noodle Boys, who are now 15th. Nana remain 4th, but haven't convinced in either of their last two games. Away from the promotion race, 12 points from the last six games is nevertheless promotion form. That's YSCC Yokohama following their latest win at home to Gidavance Kitakyushu. Bottom side, Gidavance did take the lead in this one, 33 minutes in, a short corner routine leading to an overhead by Ko Seung Jin, nodded in by Taiga Mayakawa. But YSCC were behind for only three minutes. A goalmouth scramble concluded when Takuya Fujiwara poked it over the line. Not a thing of beauty, but they all count. The home side under Kei Hoshikawa are one of the most attacking teams in the division. Kazumaki Tasaka's Kitakyushu have one of the most porous defences and indeed had keeper Kenshin Yoshimaru to thank for keeping them in it. Despite YSCC being solidly on top for most of the rest of the game, Gidamance came within a whisker of the win when Bunta Ino's curling shot hit the bar. But in the 92nd minute, a penalty by Sho Fukuda enabled YSCC to take the points and break the Sunflowers' hearts. Awarded for Yoshimaru's copybook blotting foul on Koki Matsumura, confidently dispatched for Fukuda's sixth of the season. The 22-year-old, discarded by FC Imabari, now showing what he can do at Mitsuzawa. Final score, YSCC 2, Kitakyushu 1. Kei Hoshikawa has made changes since the start of the season and they're paying off. YSCC sits 14th. Giravance remain dead last, the changes instigated by Tasaka having no impact. Two draws, seven losses in the last nine matches. Vanrare Hachinohe's trip to FC Osaka had the whiff of a grudge match, as during the closed season, coach Ryo Shigaki departed Hachinohe to take over what he clearly saw as a higher-profile job at Osaka, who include in their squad no fewer than four ex-Vanrare players. Sure enough, one of those players, defender Takeru Itakura, was involved in the game's decisive moment, when midway through the first half, his ill-advised pass out from the back was cut out by Shunsuke Ebata, enabling Aoi Sato to convert past retreating keeper Tatsunari Nagai from 35 yards. Final score, Osaka 0, Hachinohe 1. The last five games involving Shigaki's Osaka have all featured just the one goal, their 17th. Vanrare, dealing with an injury crisis among their goalkeepers, fielded Yusuke Taniguchi just days after his emergency signing from JFL side Briobeka Urayasu. They bounced back from two straight losses and are now up in 7th. Then on Sunday the 28th, like Ehime and Nana on Saturday, AC Nagano Paseiro 
wasted a chance to build on their good position in the standings as they were beaten at Azul Claro Numazu. The key moment in this one came midway through the second half when Azul Claro right-back Tatsuya Anzai exchanged passes with Yuma Mori and let fly with a superb right-foot shot that gave Kim Minho no chance. Parseiro's best opportunity, a header from Naoki Sanda, well saved by Hiromu Musha. Final score, Numazu 1, Nagano 0. Azul Claro deservedly taking the points as they produced one of their occasional dominant performances, outshooting the visitors by 20-3, and so move up to 8th. Parseiro conversely retain their tendency to come up every now and then with an absolute shocker they drop to second. So how about the other team in the leading bunch, Katane Toyama? Could they take the opportunity to go clear at the top? Indeed, they could not, going down to a 12th minute goal at FC Gifu. Ryo Kubota, who must be in the early season running for J3 MVP, latched on to Takumi Fujitani's long ball, evaded Kyosuke Kamiyama and crossed for Charles Unduka to bundle it in from close range. Kosuke Fujioka hit the bar for Gifu from another Kubota cross just before half-time. Homekeeper Shu Mogi had a quiet evening, rarely troubled by the Katare front line, for whom top scorer Shunta Takahashi found it hard to make an impact. Final score, Gifu 1, Toyama 0. Very welcome consecutive wins and clean sheets for Gifu, who move up to 12th. Katane, as capable as anyone in the division of a sub-par performance, slip down to third. Quick mention too of Gifu's Yosuke Kashiwagi and Kosei Wakimoto of Toyama, who both made substitute appearances after long spells out injured. With none of the top four managing to win, the coast was clear for Kagoshima United in the round's big match at Matsumoto Yamaga. The closing seconds were vital to the outcome of this one. It was 2-2 going into the 90th minute, Yamaga twice having taken the lead. The first occasion was in the 21st minute, Kaiga Munakoshi's low cross fumbled by Kenta Matsuyama to present an easy finish for Ren Komatsu, his eighth of the season. Noriaki Fujimoto scuffed in the equaliser on the half hour. Good work in the setup by Mikuto Fukuda. Fujimoto seemingly too embarrassed to celebrate. The home side went back in front just before the break, an accomplished header by Takato Nonomura from Sho Sumida's corner, and Kagoshima tied things up again soon after the restart. Fukuda cutting in from the left, his shot deflected off Sho Fujitani inside Victor's near post. The game was heading for a draw, but in the 90th minute, on the left-hand side of the Matsumoto area, Yamaga's Ryuhei Yamamoto lost out to Hiroya Nodake, who hit the byline and cut it back for Takumi Yamaguchi to fire into the roof of the net. An away victory was rubber-stamped in injury time. Masayoshi Endo, too hot to handle for both Nonomura and Fujitani, setting up a comfortable finish for Seiya Take. Final score, Matsumoto 2, Kagoshima 4. 
some numbers for Yamaga. This, the second time in 2023, they've conceded four at home, where they have one win all season. Masahiro Shimoda's team are down to ninth. Meanwhile, four straight wins have pushed the smoking volcanoes past all their rivals to the top of the table. The best result achieved by any of Kagoshima's challengers was at FC Imabari, who comfortably disposed of coach Riki Takagi's former side, Gainane Totori. Takatora Kondo set them on the road to victory with his first of the season on 33 minutes, picking up on Yuta Mikado's deflected cross and shooting home from eight yards. The busy Marcus Vinicius played a key role in the second just after half-time, hitting the post with a curling shot and then picking up the rebound to play in Takafumi Yamada, whose shot looped off defender Mun Inju and in. 11 minutes from time, fan favourite Dudu wrapped things up with a penalty awarded for a supposed foul on Sego Take by visiting keeper Koshiro Itohara. I'm sure there's a good reason for Dudu in the aftermath to inflate and release a balloon. Final score, Imabari 3, Totori 0. Takagi's team now 5th. Only a point off the promotion places, they got through the whole of May without conceding a goal. The ever-unpredictable Gainane put on one of their quietest performances of the season and dropped back into the lower half of the standings, their 13th. Tegevajano Miyazaki against Iwate Guruja Morioka was heading for a low-key scoreless draw until deep into injury time when Tegevajano keeper Shunsuke Ueda hammered the ball upfield, provoking panic in retreating defender Toi Kagami. His flustered clearance rebounded off Sota Higashide into the middle for Keigo Hashimoto, who finished from 15 yards. Final score, Miyazaki 1, Iwate 0. Tegevajaro climb into the top half of the table for the first time all year. They're now 10th. Slipping one place below them are Guruja, who, however promising they may be, are starting to look less than the sum of their parts. And finally, the round's least surprising result was at SC Sagamihara, where the hosts played out an interminable goalless encounter with FC Ryukyu. Let's record simply that rookie Ryu Wakabashi continued his recent form as the home side's only bright spark. Keeper Danny Carvajal, the visitors' best performer. Final score, Sagamihara nil, Ryukyu nil. Both sides remain in the bottom three. So now to run through the top and bottom of the league standings after round 11. The top six are Kagoshima with 21 points, Nagano and Toyama with 20, Nara, Imabari and Ehime all have 19. At the other end of the table... The bottom six are Senaki with 13 points, Fukushima and Osaka with 12, Ryukyu 11, Sagamihara 9, and a bottom of the pile with six, Kitakyushu. 
Just time now for a quick look ahead to the round 12 fixtures over the weekend when there are six games on Saturday the 3rd of June. No doubting the big match of the round and it again features new leaders Kagoshima who make the trip to fourth placed Nara. Ehime go to bottom side Kitakyushu, while neighbours and fellow contenders Imabari are also away at Iwate. Matsumoto desperately needs three points from their home game with Sagamihara. So do Yukyu at home to Numazu. Which version of Fukushima will we get at home to YSCC? Then on Sunday the 4th, second placed Nagano are away at Osaka. Toyama have the chance to pick up points as they host Stanuki. Can Hachinohe close the gap on the top six at home to Miyazaki? And finally, Totori are at home to improving Gifu. With all the week's business seen to then, that's it for this mini-pod. All that remains is for me to say, thanks for listening, enjoy your football, and see you next time. Bye for now. 